is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the In The Round podcast. You got Matt here. Today we are hanging out at the RCA studio. It's badass, uh, super cool vibe. Got our boy Vinny Paolizzi on with us today. But real quick, got to tell you all about our sponsors. Of course, our friends at Whale Tail Media. You know, they got you covered for content. If you're getting hitched, if you're looking for video shit in town, Whale Tail Media, they have got you covered. Check them out at whaletail.com. Also, shout out to our friends at Saxman Studios, Grady Saxman, Saul, the whole crew. Big supporters of the industry. They champion the independent artists, and they make your shit sound really, really good. So make sure you check them out, Saxman Studios. Tell them in the round it sent you. And last but certainly not least, our friends in the green world, baby. Trailside CBD Emporium, hemp CBD, and that very tasty hemp-derived Delta 8 THC. It's getting high legally all across the USA. Make sure you check them out. They got gummies, they got oils, they got jewels, they got flowers, they got dabs, they even got shit for your dogs. Check them out, trailsidecbd.com. Use the promo code ITR, 20% off at checkout. We've also got a writer's round this week, so if you're in the area, come on out to Live Oak. Got our friend Ward Gunther on there. Got uh, Brett Shiroki. We have got a lot of great names. Make sure you check out the lineup on our socials. Now, without further ado, let's get into our conversation with another damn Yankee, a Philly boy, Mr. Vinny Paolizzi. This is the In the Round Podcast. Dude, this place is freaking sick. Thanks, man. We we write a lot of songs in here, and it, it uh, we wanted to make it just a fun place to hang out, even just for stuff like this or after shows. It's right by Music Row and everything. So yeah, doing revival and being on Demumbrian all the time, like this is a nice little spot to get from there to here, and then from here to over there if you're running. If you're, if you're writing on a Tuesday and got to get over there, you're playing somewhere. Exactly. It's a safe place to park, too. Dude, yeah, yeah, the parking the, setup yeah. here is dope. Excelente. That's yeah. the hardest part about being in Music Row and in Midtown is the damn parking at times. Yeah, especially um, as the world is opening again. Yeah. The, the tra- I mean, it's awesome, and I, I'm very happy about it, but the, the national traffic is, is, is back. In a big way. Dude, it really is. <laughs> Did you think, now how long have you been down here from uh, from Philly? I moved here uh, December 2017. Okay. So um, I was here a good like two and a half years, um, you know, pre-pandemic and stuff. So I, I got to see, and it changed a ton just in that time. I'd, I'd, I'd been coming here for maybe two years before that. So from five, six years ago to now is, it's, it's still a big change, man. It's There's a lot, uh, there's a lot happening here. Did you think the traffic was going to be as bad as, or if not worse than back home? Yeah, I mean it's it's not as bad. It truly isn't. I mean, if if you've been on Schuylkill Express, bro, yeah, the at, fuck fuck the Schuylkill. <laughs> I love it, I like Philly a lot, but yeah, fuck the Schuylkill. It's it's the, it's the worst. It's uh because they can't get it bigger. It's on. I mean, it's on a mountain and a river. So yeah. you, there's no widening it. Uh, I thought like nothing could be worse than that, and it's still not quite that bad. And I'm I'm super lucky. I have this spot right on Music Row that you know we we, we ride out a ton. And then I I live right in Sylvan Park, so I don't all oh, I don't go yeah. like crazy far. You know I I like you know getting out in Tennessee sometimes and going to Chattanooga and um, w- like we go to Louisville a ton. Uh, but as far as like my in town life, it's it's pretty straightforward. I like it, dude. That's the dream setup to be living in a place like Sylvan Park, to have an office in Music Row, yeah. and to be as involved in Midtown as you are. Like, you're you're golden. See, I when I first moved here, I lived in Spring Hill. Oh, and man. I was I was bouncing on Broadway. So I was up and down 65 doing yeah. those doing those bouncing shifts at uh, at Whiskey Row. 
That was a pain in the ass. Then I moved to Laverne, which I was like, great, we're closer. But then Sorta. I got, then I had to deal with I-24. And yeah. I was like, ugh. Now I'm in Antioch. I'm in Lower Antioch. And it gets a little dicey late at night. But, but, uh, but the trap. everywhere, dude. Dude, it is everywhere. Nashville's pretty crazy with as far as like hood and like <laughs> stuff just happening. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's a great place to live, and and I don't want to shine it. Yeah, oh no, absolutely. Light. If you think um, about coming here, come here. But if you but if you if you grew up in a city or in just a crowded place like we did, um, you just you live a little differently. And people that move here from a place where you don't lock your doors, not like I never lived like that. So I I that doesn't really cross my mind. But if you leave your door unlocked and someone goes through your car, you can't. I mean. That's that's what happens. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, you yeah you don't you don't want to take that chance. So growing up in Westchester, what was yeah. that like? Oh, uh, it was great, man. I I, uh, I I didn't appreciate it as much as I should have. Um, but um, I grew up in a giant Italian Catholic family, hey. uh, which was amazing. Yeah, and um, and a lot of people that love music, but not a ton of like players. I had one uncle that that played. Um, but pretty early on, like I got into my dad's record collection, like all Jackson Brown and Springsteen, and we we had a record player, which was awesome. Um, like I remember, you know, uh, like uh, the Loggins and Messina, the House of Pooh Corner record with the white, and yeah, like all that, all that kind of stuff um, was just kind of like playing all the time. And my dad always had music on, and and my, and my mom too, but they they always had music on. So I, I just kind of like started getting into it, was like little by little, and um. I was also super lucky that um, a bunch of friends I had in, like you know, like elementary, middle school, they all started a band and they couldn't find a singer. What, what was the band called? Oh, come on, Scissor Kick. Scissor Kick, baby. S i z z e r. Ooh, with the Z's. Oh yeah, and we played pretty much family parties and whatever. But all of them were too scared to sing, and I played a little bit of guitar. And I thought I was amazing. I was terrible. Um, but I was like, I'll join your band. I'll be your singer. I wanted, I wanted to be in that crew. Like I wanted, yeah. I wanted the whole thing. Um, they're still some of my best friends. Uh, um, one of them, uh, who was like the wildest of all of us is having a baby and just told us the other day. And it's just, that is m when your wildest friend from growing up is having children. That is like a crazy. Yeah. What a thought. <laughs> it's like, it was a, that was a moment. Yeah. I'm my... not there yet with my crazy crew back home. Yeah. I too have a crazy crew. We didn't do the band thing, but we got into all kinds of shit in New York and New Jersey. Nobody has a kid yet. Yeah. You know? th if this was the first one. And, and like all of us in our like group thing are like, we're all uncles. Like this is, <laughs> this is so crazy. Yeah. That is awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I started playing with them and we learned our first songs were like, um, you shook me all night long. Hell yeah! And like, uh, learned a bunch of Red Hot Chili Pepper songs. We learned uh, Twisted Sister. Um, We're not going to take, take it. it. Oh yeah! Just what I needed by the Cars, which is actually a wonderfully yeah. written song. Oh yeah! That is an incredibly written song. Um, and yeah, we just played. You know, and like I said, I had that huge family, so we played. You know, family parties and uh, just got to like do it. Um, I felt very lucky about that. Um, and then we. Like as as we got older, you know, we're all going to school and stuff, and yeah, you you end up staying in Philly for school. Yeah, man, I I went to uh, I went to Temple University. Nice, yeah. So you know about insomnia cookie? Oh, dude. Oh yeah, best. yeah, yeah, yeah. The best, and uh, I know about sketchy neighborhoods too. When you were yeah, talking about that, that that, that is <laughs> that is Temple. Oh, it's it's it was such a good school, man. I I loved it there, and I I got to still play shows all the time. I got to go to a ton of shows. I mean, yeah. What's what's your favorite Philly venue? I love the TLA. 
on on South Street. Such an underrated thing, and you can get all kinds of music in there. Like you, you can literally like you name it. Whether it's a hip hop artist, it's a DJ. Yeah, it's alt. It's indie. Even country Dude, recently, like I saw Citizen Cope there a bunch of times. Bro, who was one of my favorite songwriters. <laughs> yeah. And I, the the I realized this like the third time I went that the floor it's is angled. Yep, so yeah, it dips down a little bit. It's great. So the people in the back you can see over everyone. Like so, I would just I was stand in the back and 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 get like the last minute tickets to every show. Um, I saw Butch Walker there. He's one of my favorite producers um, and songwriters. Um, but yeah, Temple was a perfect spot for me, and I I got hooked up with this booking agent that booked me at like every and I was doing solo stuff. I was writing like. Mumford and Sonsy songs, basically, and nice. and and learning a ton of covers because I would I loved like just learning songs, and uh, I got this booking agent to book me like every wedding, country club, bar gig, you know, four hour cover set, you could imagine around Philly and the suburbs and everything, but I could still do all that while going to school. I didn't have to like you know move halfway across the country, and I didn't I didn't love it by the end. I was playing like 175 shows a year. And wow. going to school full time. Yeah. How old are you now? How old are you now? And how old were you when you were doing that? You're what? Twenty years old when you're doing that? Y- yes. I'm. I'm twenty. I'm about to be twenty seven next month. Okay. I guess I was. Yeah. I was nineteen when I signed with that booking agent um, deal, and it 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 was great, and it was and it was a, a enough money to make it worth it to like pay pay off a bunch of school loans and and not have to like, you know, I paid for college myself. I paid my rent myself. I did all that. I, I bought a car. You know. Um, and, and it was cool cause I got to practice for three hours a day in front of people, even if they weren't really listening, I still got like a ton of time, um, with my guitar. And I also got my guitar that I have now. It's like my favorite, like ac- absolute favorite piece of gear I've ever had. I got it right at, right at the beginning of all that. And so I got to watch that age and like know how to get to know an instrument and, and get better to instrument and all that kind of stuff. It was a huge blessing. Like looking back. I kind of I, I again I wish I would have appreciated it more because I was so I was so dead set on like the dream, you know. It, it, it like sometimes all all that stuff is part of it, you know. What yeah, I mean? no, absolutely, man. I mean that's the road you got to take, and there's a lot of folks that come here and want to do the writer. They're, they're writers, but they don't have experience playing shows, or they're they're doing the cover band thing, but they don't know how to write. But like it sounds like with your situation, you were able to do both of that being up in philly now what was the weirdest gig you did because that kind of scene especially <laughs> up that way you go out to like western pa you go up to like you go up to jersey you went on the delaware like delco like some of those areas you could find yeah. some interesting shit i mean everything from like you know you agree on a price and then the the person who runs the party forgets the price and then <laughs> yep. they give you like 50 percent more just because they're drunk and they don't know how to write a check um like stupid stuff like that i got asked to be part of a proposal one time on the river in Philly, which was like beautiful. But I was just like playing an Ed Sheeran song while this guy like asked this woman to marry him. And she said yes, but she hesitated. Oh, and no. I, was, I, I mean, in the moment, I was like, this could be like the most. Cr-. And as I'm like walking to this spot, I'm like, what is my life? Like, what what am I doing with my <laughs> what? <if> like, what <laughs> I, I have. a am like about to get a business degree. Like, what what is this? But I just I you know, I was I was just into it. I, I there was. It was almost easier for me to do music than to try to do something else because I had like this internship and the whole time that I was at the internship, I had to be on a computer. I was just booking shows. And then my last semester in college, I was playing so many shows that I had to take phone calls with booking people while I was in my class. So I kept like, I was just like, this is crazy. Like I, 
it's easier for me to just do the music thing than to like pretend to do something now, else. Now, what what'd your family think about that? You go to college and you do all that. What what was that transition? Because what was your major? Were you doing like business administration or what? It was cool. I. I, I was super, like like I said, Temple was like the perfect place for me. And they had a, a very small uh, entrepreneurship program. Oh, nice. Where you could kind of like build your own major for what you wanted to do. So I got to do like certain music classes and art classes and um, stuff that I just wanted to do. Um, and they they were super great about giving me the classes that would help me with that and not just making me take like, like I took the highest level finance, highest level risk, highest level stuff just because that's what I I, I wanted to have all that, but I didn't have to take like the BS classes, like marketing yeah. classes so over and over again. So you basically got a music business degree from Temple University. Yeah, and it was, and, <laughs> which is and, awesome. And as much of as much of a scene, quote unquote, as Philly has, I I did all the stuff. I mean, yeah, I played it on the radio stations. I did the, uh, and I, and I truly wasn't good enough when I was there. And I think moving here was the only thing that made me able to get to. I'm not that I'm, you know. Uh, at this crazy level now, but, uh, I, I think that it was a logical next step for me to move here because it just, I wasn't going to there wasn't any more I was going to get. Yeah. You hit, you hit your ceiling. Yeah. And that, and that was fine. I was okay with that. Um, but, but again, school, uh, my parents wanted me to go to college, uh, and I totally understood why I was not ready to do music full time when I was 18 years old. There's no way. Um, but I, the whole time I was there, I was like, man, I really, really want to do this, I really want to do this. So they kind of warmed up to it. It wasn't like one day I was like, I'm not doing it anymore. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I graduated, I did all the stuff. Uh, but but I think still in the back of their minds, like, um, they support me and, and they, they they want what's best for me and all that kind of stuff. But I, I, I think they do worry, you know. I know my family worries about me. Yeah, because it, it's, it's, it's just, it's the instability. It's, it's, not, it's not that they don't believe in my my drive or my art or i mean imagine if i was playing death metal you know what i mean yeah and they really didn't get it but <laughs> um but i think that that the way that they like you know they're grandchildren of immigrants and all that kind of stuff like um you you, you that base that stability is what you work your whole life for you know and and to to completely disregard that <laughs> yeah bro i feel it now what what um, what what did your what have you what did your parents do when you were growing up like or what do they do now yeah um so like before I was born, uh, my parents ran delis. Uh, um, Bro, you're Italian as I know, fuck. I, I know, right? I know. <laughs> um, but uh, right, love it. I think right about when I was, born, I'm not sure exactly the timeline. Right about when I was born, um, my dad got into like, kind of through a series of events into like uh, packaging stuff. So okay. like now it's awesome. Uh, his his company is shipping a lot of the vaccine kind of stuff. So it's all like medical. FedEx is one of their clients, so he gets to come to Tennessee, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, and my mom, uh, she's a badass. Uh, she was started an admin at a big chemical company, and now she's the global director of her department. Oh hell yeah! She's like one of those people. But you talk about stability. Those are those are some pretty. Those are some not. Those are like some nine to fives and yeah. like some some things where you work your way up a ladder, and it's that it's what you kind of imagine working as like growing up in America. Definitely. And like you said, you go, you go the music route. Yeah. They're like so different. And, and they're, they're not being um, like, uh, th like they're not uh, being rude when, when, when they say like, so how do you make money on that? Like they are genuinely like curious, but if you talk to someone who's an accountant and you're like, how much money do you make? Like <laughs> you would never ask that, you know no, what I mean? Yeah. But when you do something creative, like if you make a painting and you're like, 
so how much do you make on that painting after expenses? The guy's like, what? Like, you know, that, that's a crazy thing to ask someone just straight up in any other job, unless it's an art. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I get, I get that question too with, yeah. with back home. And I mean, I've, my family had a, had a family business for, I would have been the, the fourth generation of that business in New York. Mm-hmm. And I said, fuck it. I'm a, first I was doing radio, which is like, there's no money in radio yeah. either. And then moved down here. And, but I mean, it's the, they're, they're only asking cause like they care, you know, what does your family do? So they, um, they had a water company called Culligan water. They had a franchise of it and it was my great grandpa, then my grandpa, then my mom, and then my oh brother, my, my sister went to Scranton. Shout out Eastern yeah. PA. Um, it's doing the physical therapy thing. My brother's my bro, my oh great school, fun yeah. time too. Scranton yeah. and St. Patrick's Day is fucking. Yeah, I have some nuts. family up there. Oh, they're wild. they're they're wild. Um, my brother works in like Fidei doing like, like you're talking about like accounting stuff, like like all that shit. And then I'm down here freaking, basically in a way it's like you're part like the way that we network and the way that our meetings are. It's so chill compared to corporate America. Like I could never do that. Yeah, it is. It is. Um. Uh, it's 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 awesome that that we get to do all that kind of stuff. It's the 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 thing that I think creative people resent the most is when someone makes it seem like you were like it's easier or like it's it's uh, like you're taking an easy way out or something. Like you just want to sit around and write songs all day, or you just want to talk on the radio all day. It's like, and and I'm not saying that anyone in my life does that, but if you know a creative person. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, no, ab- you know I mean? <laughs> absolutely. Because to be successful as a creative person, you got to grind. You gotta show up. You got to grind a bit harder yeah. than you do in other occupations. The, the, the best quote ever. I I I, I want to get this quote tattooed on me. Uh, um, I only write when inspiration strikes. Luckily for me, it strikes every morning at eleven a.m. Hey, it's just like yeah. the best. It it like completely. Like I, I had a write earlier today that the headspace just wasn't right. We got like a verse and a chorus and we were like, let's take a walk, you know, and, and we walked and I just, you know, we're like, you know what, we'll pick this up. And I just did like three hours of paperwork and BS, but like it wasn't a waste of day. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? No, ab- um, absolutely. So for you coming down here, did you know anybody down here? Like man. talk about the transition of the move. Um, so I went through and, it, it, you know, there's a song on the record kind of about it, but um, I, uh, I was in. I, I got out of a pretty brutal relationship, and I I wasn't happy the last year. I was in Philly years, like twenty two and twenty three of my life. Um, we're just. I was. Uh, I was playing all those gigs, and I kind of resented them, and I I shouldn't have, but I I was kind of bitter about a couple things, and um, I just I needed to get out. You know, I just that was the bottom line. I wasn't writing. I wasn't. I was just drinking and playing shows I didn't want to play, and that's just not a fun place to be. So. I, I came here a bunch of times that summer of 2017, and um, I just felt like of all the places, like I thought New York was just too. It just just didn't work with what I was doing, and LA, I just didn't have a great time when I was there. And Nashville always just felt like, as soon as I got here, people were cool. Like I wasn't. I I know people talk about like this competition and this BS and all this stuff. I really don't feel that way. Like I. I feel like 90% of the people here, and you can see through, I feel like being on the East Coast, you can see through it if it's oh, bad. Oh, we can see through bullshit you know and I mean? see if there's something bad or whatever, yeah. Yeah, and I was just like, I know, I, I can navigate this. Like, I can I can work this out. I know what I'm doing here. Um, and, man, a series of very fortunate events happened. I, I knew one person here, Katie Buxton, who's an amazing singer-songwriter. As soon as I moved here, she moved to L.A., um, she was just a good friend from, from home. Uh, she opened shows for my buddy's band a bunch. She's still good friend. She's awesome. Uh, but she's doing the writer thing in LA. 
So I I was down to zero friends. So my first week, I guess in Nashville, two weeks, um, I went to Revival or I went to somewhere and I saw Revival was happening on Facebook or something. And I just was like, oh, it looks fun. Like, I don't know. And I, I uh, sent a Facebook message to the Revival page and I said, hey, my name is Vinny. I'm from Philly. I don't know anyone here. But um, I was thinking about coming out tonight. Like I said, like, what time does it start or something? And if there's any chance I can play soon, here's my music, you know. And Rob Snyder saw my phone number and he goes, are you an Eagles fan? And I say, yeah, the band and the team. (laughs) And uh, he's like, here's my cell phone number. Call me right now. So I called him. And he's like, "What's your Wawa order?" And I said it verbatim, like I I, I have what is mine it? down. Man, you got to get the oven roasted turkey with toasted the the bread only, right? You can't have the whole thing toasted, or else it gets nasty. And then you you put lettuce, tomato, black pepper, uh, banana peppers, and then you do um, just a little thing at the end that you, you have to do the shorty because the classic is 10 inches. That's too much. Yeah. And then the junior is too small. It's only four inches. But the shorty is the perfect size, and you get a bag of her sour cream and onion chips. Yes, the and, hers, baby. Yeah, and that's that's how you live your life if if you want to survive. You know what I mean? Um, so anyways, we, I, got his, uh, <laughs> I got the Wawa thing, and he was like, okay, this kid's great. And uh, I was not great um, as far as music goes at that point. But um, – he just said, start coming to Revival. And I said, okay. So every Tuesday, I just made it a point to just show up and hang out. I didn't, I really didn't ask for, like, to, to play. I, I think I played, like, three three months later or something. But I was playing a lot at the Bobby's Idol Hour yeah. over here where I met Gabe Lee and where I met um, a bunch of other friends. Ray Sisk, who's an awesome songwriter. Um, but I was playing there, and I was like, man, I, I'm playing these little rounds and stuff. And I started just becoming friends with Rob. And then I played a couple times, and I I played one night, and he was like, "Ooh, I really like that one song you wrote. It's a song called Banker Dressed in Gray. I haven't played it since, I don't think. But it's like, that was a cool song. Um, you want to go for a hike sometime? And I was like, okay. <laughs> so we went for a hike, and, uh, and Percy Warner, we got lost. And we just started talking about Revival, and I'm like, man, I, you know, I, I ran a podcast for a minute uh, a long time ago, and I, I also, like, have some experience, you know, booking shows and stuff, and... Um, like I just have some ideas. Like I don't, I don't need to be in any capacity like connected with it. But I, like this might help what you're going through, and this might help. And if you need help with this, like I know this person. Um, and just through that conversation, we like became really good friends. And he's like, I really liked what you were talking about. And uh, it was right before she got the best of me came out. So he was like, he was just going through it, man. When your first song's about to come out, and then it's not going to come out, and then it does come out. Like there was. That song there was a lot going on. And you on. have all these all this attention and all these eyes on not only you but also the event because you're that revival's the breeding ground for a lot of that that crew, man. Yeah, and people were coming and people were like, you know, uh like it it was always like an institution and stuff, and he just needed help like keeping it cool and also crowded and also whatever. And it's just it's too much for one person to do. Absolutely. Um so he was like, Man, why don't you start helping me with stuff? And and it just kind of like went from there i started hosting some and then he went to the beach for a couple weeks and i just like took care of it for a month for him so he could just like do his thing and um yeah we have a really good like system down now we're like he he books a couple people every week i book a couple people and like we're still we're friends and everything but we just he's been here a lot longer he knows different a whole different set of people and i you know 
No, a different set. And of people. what are the odds that when you shoot him that message that you're hitting up Dude. probably the most proud Philadelphia guy in this city? His parents live ten minutes from my parents. Not even in the same, almost the same zip code. Crazy. It's wild. Um, that's like when you talk about like stars aligning and shit. Like that. That's just that stuff doesn't happen. No. You know. But it um, happens here in Nashville for right. a lot of people, right. and you just got to go through doors as they open yeah. up. And, and that just wouldn't happen in Philly. I'm sorry, like that that amount of wouldn't coincidence hap- wouldn't happen for me in New York or New Jersey either, yeah. bro. It just wouldn't. And I, I yeah, maybe that's uh, yeah, you know, hindsight and all that kind of stuff. But no, it's no, it's the truth, man. It's um, there's something about this town for people that are believers and dreamers, where where shit can happen if you really put your mind to it, and. You got to pay your dues a little bit. Definitely. Like I feel like I paid my dues doing the radio thing up in Dude. Jersey, sleeping on a sleeping on a couch that was a hundred miles away in a radio station from where I lived. Yeah. You paid your dues doing all those gigs up in Philly where you were starting yeah. to get resentment. And I don't like driving for Uber, but like when the bank counts low, like you got to do something. Yeah, you got to do. I didn't like bouncing <laughs> yeah, on Broadway. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do to and, to make and, it happen. And I think if you're not even willing to do that, then. You're never gonna make it in the music yeah. thing anyway. So don't. So then. So then, at least you know. Yeah, and if there are people you know handing I mean? stuff out, that's you can't always rely on that. A lot of it. A lot of this business is betting on yourself, mm-hmm. and and be, being willing to bet on yourself and all that. So it's cool talking about revival. And obviously, we do we do our rounds at Live Oak now. But my first round that I ever went to in Nashville was a revival, and yeah. it's funny about she got the best of me. It was the night that it was the night that you guys were kind of celebrating that. Yeah, I remember there being a buzz in the room, and I was like, "I wonder what the buzz is." And then you see Luke Combs come in and his yeah. and his cargo shorts with his Miller Lite and his spit cup and his Crocs on. Yeah, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Where this was like I had moved to town. I think the week before that. That's wild. So it was my first Tuesday. You're about in the same town. time as me. Yeah. yeah, I moved. I moved um, October of 2018 okay, was when yeah. I moved. So a little bit after you. Yeah. But I remember just being in that room and that energy. I was like, "This doesn't happen other places." Like revival yeah, is such a such a staple, and I don't think writers' rounds in town would be what they are, especially at bars. Like the listening room has their thing, and listening room's it, great. Yeah, and listening room's great. And like there's venues that that do that thing, but for bars, especially here on Demumbrian, um, revival's like been the catalyst. And without that, I don't think a lot of us are doing what we're doing right now. I'm happy you say that. I mean, I, um, like I said, I I came in. Two years, uh, two-ish years ago, three years ago, whatever. I'm not sure what the numbers are, but um, Rob had built that, you know, on on the Adam Hoods and the Brent Cobb and and um, Luke and all those people that that and I mean like Miranda Lambert played there, you know, yeah. uh, Aaron Ratier, like all all these names of like, and uh, I've, I felt super lucky too, Rob. Like not only when I first met him on those hikes and stuff, he he sat me down one time and he's like, write down every one of these names. And it was it was Adam Hood. It was all those names I just mentioned. He's like, listen to all of their records, like, and then we'll talk. You know, basically. And um, it just it, that started so many things in motion. I mean, Adam Hood is um, such my is I'm such a fan of his stuff and the way he the way he's played guitar. Like during the pandemic, I learned his entire Shape of Things album, which happened great record in 2011. That's one of my that, that could be in like my top ten albums of all time. And I was like, I love these certain guitar things that I'm hearing in there. And it's funny when I, when through a chain of events, uh, Oren Thornton, his producer on that produced my record. And I, I knew that he produced some stuff for Adam Hill, but I don't, I didn't know that he was on that one specifically. So we're in the studio and I was like, yeah, reference track for this, like, the, you know, the song shape of things and, uh, that guitar party does that the Adam plays. I love that Adam part. And Oren's like, I played that, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just, that that stuff again doesn't happen like um 
man, I just uh, like like listening to all those guys and especially Brent and the 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 lyrics and just being here at RCA all the time and yeah. How did this come to be? Because this is this office, just the vibe that's in here and and the guys who you share it with and freaking. Big old Channing Wilson coming in earlier and yeah. shooting the shit with him for a little bit. That, yeah. That's one of the guys that I, I, I mean, I'm not a writer. I have no aspirations to do music. I'm right. one of the one of the guys that's a decent enough hang and knows how to do this media stuff where I can hang with all you cool songwriters right. and artists. But Chan, that's that's a big time dude. Like that, that's a cool ass guy. And and Rob and Ben and yourself. How did this all come about? Like, yeah, I've again, the RCA stuff. Yeah, I've been. The the friends thing has been amazing. Obviously, I I, I met Channing through Rob over the years. Um, originally, uh, just through Revival, and we used to play this thing at the Alley Pub out in Bellevue on Mondays that he would come to sometimes. And Channing has been has had this room for a couple years, and he he was using it, but he wasn't using it enough. He like he lives out of town, um, and he's like the other times it's just sitting there. So uh, Ben Chapman, who um, one of my favorite people to write with. Yes. Uh, and one, of, and is from Channing's hometown as well. Uh, he was like, why don't, why don't, you know, Ben, uh, start, you know, like right in here, me start right in here. And, and Rob just likes to change of pace. Sometimes he has a room, you know, down the street a little bit. Um, but he also likes to write here. And it's, like I said, before if I always have a happy hour in here or, or like for me after that stuff, sometimes before I go home, like just need like a, like a little bit of a breather. Um, it's just been a great spot, and I wrote my whole new record here, pretty much. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's been a, it's been a blessing to to be able yeah, to be it's here. Something cool that I just noticed with it, with um, so you and Rob both being from Philly, yeah, and then Channing and Ben both yeah. being from Lafayette. It's kind of like the, these are some some guys that have been around the block for a while. Some OGs bringing up some some hometown boys that are also crazy talented. All four of y'all can sing and play and write Thanks, your man. asses off. Big fans, of all four of you guys. But that's got to be kind of cool too to like just see that dynamic and for you and Ben to be good buddies like yeah. how Channing and Rob were good buddies when they when they were here you know yeah Ben I mean um, the first time Ben's younger than me I think Ben's like twenty two twenty three but he, the first time he came to town he was like he was like you could tell the guitar chops were like crazy and he was still figuring out his voice and then he would come back like a month later and play Bible and he was like ooh that's a cool song and then the next time he come back he'd be like damn like he's singing and now he's like in his element he's he's like, in his he's in his element he knows what he wants to say i mean the the whole crew and that's something that's special about revival too with what we do with within the round we're still so 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 young with it and still figuring ourselves out but with revival like you look at that initial class of the folks that were at yeah. revival like you talked about like luke ray muscadine drew yeah. parker miranda playing it yeah. adam hood brent cobb yeah. um um, freaking Rob Channing, that whole crew, and you see where they're at now. Fast forward, how many years has Revival been going on for? I think it's gonna be nine years this year. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. So nine years, and now you look at this crop that's coming up now. Of and you're included in that. It's, it's a it's, wild crew. It's man. yourself, Ben, Meg, Nate, Tyler, Tyler, Gabe, yeah. Harper. Um, I mean, Colin Nash. Colin Nash. I mean, yeah. you could even throw in there. You could even lump in the 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 Matt McKinney's, the the yeah. Job Fortners, the Ryan Nelsons. Job for sure, yeah, They're, Ryan. Yeah, just that whole crew. It's like you guys all meet at this event. You guys yeah. all play this event together. These songs are getting heard for the first time at this event. Yeah, it's just so cool that that's a thing. Yeah, it makes me really happy. And um, at the risk of being too like you know sentimental about shit, um, like. The, the way that a lot of 
those relationships like occurred is kind of like through revival or through like I met Nate at my side gig caddying years ago and I introduced him to like a couple of people and then they're like best friends now and then like I I introduced Ben and Meg to each other you know like that's, that's incredible at, at a revival like that so just like stuff like that and not that I'm like taking credit for any of that shit no, it's but just it's just I've get very sentimental about like yeah, how that all you know that happens. shit means a lot to you yeah and like when I see Harper playing on a Gabe song like I met Gabe at Bobby's he it was his first show in years he hadn't played in like three years and he just showed up to Bobby's like and looked at his feet and played these amazing songs and I grabbed him and I said we are gonna be friends whether you like it or not basically <laughs> I had eight shows I had to book at Belcourt or somewhere else and right when I first moved here and we just became I mean I had lunch with him three days ago uh He's he's such a good friend, and when I see him using like players that I know from other places, and 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 them all making amazing music together, and uh, you know Chris Canterbury, his whole record was yes, like, that's another name I forgot. Chris is in that initial crew as well. Yeah, I mean like all those all just all those connections, I guess. And and I'm not I'm not like I'm like responsible for any of that. It's just like when I see them happening completely organically and and completely like um, in 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 just a way that like. You could almost write a book about it, you know. You really could. Somebody should do a should do a revival. Well, just documentary. keep track. Yeah, just keep track of everything. Yeah, just you know? keep keep the rec keep track of the record and uh, and all that stuff. Which the fact that I mean, twenty twenty was a tough freaking year. It was a tough year for for a lot of us and all that, and yeah. especially doing events in town. Yeah. The when the pew flipped around. It was, I think, for it was part of Nate's release yeah. week for Different Shade of Blue, which yep. all of you guys, I think, had songs on there. Yeah, that was wild. And all of you playing there, the energy in that room with just the pews being flipped, it's amazing what a difference it can be when the, when the pew gets flipped around. Yep, and we 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 said that from the beginning, and 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 we were, I mean, Tin Roof, shout out to them, like, hey, they've been dealing with a lot of shit. They've been dealing with a lot and, of shit. as as has live all the venues, yeah. so much shit. Tin Roof really tried to follow a lot of the guidelines. They really, they really like. Were, were doing the best they could with what they had, you know what I mean? And they um, th- they had us flipped around for a bunch of reasons, very boring. But but again, when when we got to do our thing in in that back room there, um, it was it was like very like again like sentimental, but like it it felt like okay, we're 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 getting close, you know, to normal. And people were super cool about it. Like people were staying at their tables. Nobody was like yeah. Everyone was following the rules, uh, which I was super happy about. We kept the doors, o- the windows open, and the doors open and stuff, because um, you can do safe stuff. And uh, like uh, you guys have, you know, been through all that, uh, and it feels like we're getting close to the end. So I'm super grateful that you felt that energy that night. Yeah, dude. That and, and for it to be a lot of songs that were on that different shade of blue record, and yeah. for you and I think you were up there playing with Gabe. Yeah, it was you and yeah, Gabe up course. there. And when you guys sing fucking Babylon, bro. <laughs> I just gotta say, damn, you know, that's like fun, that's a fun song. Did you and you guys wrote that one together? Yeah, uh, our both of us were really scared to co-write at the beginning, like, uh, and just kind of hostile about like, this is my, uh, this is my song, you know, and I just because I didn't really know in Philly nobody co-writes, that's just not no. a thing. Um, so we wrote a song that day. Uh, it was right before Christmas of 2018, and um, we wrote a song that I still love. It's just like this weird, like long jammy song. And then uh, we were just screwing around with like you know little Motowny sort of chords and stuff, and I just spit out that first like verse, first verse ish, and uh, we're like, we gotta write that sometime. So we both took it home for the holidays and like worked on it. And he sent me a work tape, and I was a hint of work tape. And then we came back and like he got a keyboard and we played together, you know, and actually finished it and stuff. 
And uh, it was the first time I'd written like that, where you you take it home and you 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 do a work tape and then you do, redo does, it. Does that happen a lot? Man, it's only on songs you care about. Because if you don't get it in the room and you're kind of whatever about it, you never finish it. Like it just, it's just not gonna happen. But if it's something that's like that's a melody that I really love singing. And with Gabe, it was like the harmonies on the on the choruses and stuff. Like this is something that we and we were both trying to make a name um, and doing something together to kind of talk about the scene and for talking about interviews and it, like there was a cool thing and 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 we both put it out around the same time um and his version got written up in rolling stone and shit i mean <laughs> like that, yeah. that shit that you can't i mean like that's awesome and and even if that's all that ever happens with that song um with this record that we're doing now I, we're thinking about just putting it on the end of the record like why not um just because it, it like the recording process of it is a whole nother thing but it just um it was very much our thing. Like we didn't, we didn't like hire studio guys. We didn't like it was just our friends. Yeah, who you know? who played on that one? Um, so that was you. That was Gabe. Yeah, uh, he played keys and sang. Uh, Dalton Brown played the bass, who's one of my favorite people. Uh, Dirty D, um, and Alex Static, who's one of my dearest friends uh, from growing up. Uh, he played drums on it. Also, a, a behind the scenes character in a lot of the people we're talking about. Not only he's a great songwriter, singer, and stuff, but um, his place, um, he has a studio set up and for for demos, for videos, for all kinds of stuff that you've Hell seen. Yeah. Yeah. Like all the Chris Canterbury's whole video was shot there. No shit. Um he's an excellent like mixer, master guy. Like um he's and also just a good friend of all of us. Yeah. Um that uh yeah, he's he's a part of that whole scene too. And so, so he played drums on it and, and mixed it. So yeah, man. Hell yeah, dude. That's awesome. Now now it's I mean it's uh you being from Philly too, and being from New York, what do you miss most as far as mom's cooking? <laughs> uh, I grew up a super Italian family. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I can't get the Sunday gravy like the sauce recipe. Oh, that's how Italian you are. You call it gravy. I call it sauce. I mean, you can do either. Yeah, one. yeah. But you say gravy. That's how I know you're like you're Italian. Oh, I'm Italian. in the club. Yeah, we, 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 I think we <laughs> called it both. Like it wasn't. It wasn't yeah, like a. But thing. I have friends back home, like my buddy Anthony Navarro. Who yeah, 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 had to be at church. Every, had oh at, yeah, you can't. He had to be at St. Francis every Wednesday, Saturday. It wasn't Sunday. only that you had to be at church. Is that when you went to Sunday dinner at your grandparents, they would ask you what they talked about at church. Oh, you so, get a quiz. So yeah. if you didn't know, then your parents would be in trouble you know because yeah. I mean? they didn't take you to church you know like it was that level of you know um but but i miss like my sister got the recipe from great grandparents i think uh gnocchi like home from scratch yeah you know, the whole deal um that every like once in a while i'm like man that was some italian sausage and the good you know sauce and crushed red pepper and those really sharp uh locatelli cheese on top like that that really gets it for me um because you can get most things other places um but that's just something, and I can't get the recipe right. I've they've sent it to me a hundred times, but they're like, we don't really have a recipe. It's just kind of like you know, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, what about you? Is that is that for me? It's my mom's. It's my grandma's chicken parm and oh, my mo- my mother's penne vodka. Yeah, that's but with like too. the sixteen ounces of heavy cream <laughs> and like the three <laughs> yes. cups of Tito's in there, that's like so obnoxious, dude. Yeah. It's that that's New York and Philly. That's that's yeah. northeastern Italian cooking, though. Yeah. Like well, the, the pizza too, like the grandma style pizza. Um, the tomato pie, yeah, is really yeah, good. Yeah, like tomato pie with just like the shaker cheese on it. Yeah, a little like, bit, a little bit of basil. It's so good. Do you have a favorite pizza joint here or here? Yeah. I, I mean, Five Points is good. Um, 
have, you ha- have you had Sal's or Salvo's yet in Hermitage? Mm, no. Bro, they're they're good. Like legit? Yeah, like Sal's I think has the better slice. It's funny because it's Sal's and Salvo's. So like I'll tell people to go to one, but then they'll go to the other because they're like a mile apart from each other. Salvo's I think has the better Italian food and they got like the Zeppelis and the cannolis mm-hmm. and the the bene and the the all all that stuff. But Sal's, they got, like, for me, it's like underneath the slices, there's got to be like a little bit of flour on there. Like, it's got to yeah. look legit. And Sal's does that. And it's a awesome. really good slice, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check that out the next time. Yeah, because it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. I mean, that was the biggest thing for me was, I mean, I also lost a ton of weight when I moved here because we're not eating, or, or you're not eating Wawa in the morning. Oh, you're not God. eating a, a pork roll egg and cheese but how or great a bacon is it egg that and that cheese. That is available. 24 hours a day. Bro, it is. That's that's my that's my big gripe with that. I mean, don't get me wrong. Waffle House is cool. No, it's not. You don't like Waffle House at I all? I love a diner. A real diner. I mean, I love a diner, a too. A real diner. We got to take what we can get, yeah. Vinny. We're right. down here. They don't know diners. They don't have the, the size of the Bible menu where if you can I'm gonna get, get anything at any if time. If I'm going to get heartburn, I want it to taste good. You know what I mean? That, that is, that is you true. Know, that, that is the most like uh, adult thing I think I've ever said. But, <laughs> do, you, do you have a favorite diner back home you want to shout out? Aston Diner. It's right by uh, Alex Sadix. I was talking about his old studio. It was in the back of his dad's metal shop. And they were open 24 hours. And you can get a roast beef sandwich or eggs or whatever you want at any hour. And their fries were... You got to have good fries as a diner. Uh, that was... Yeah, Aston Diner was, was my favorite. Yeah. Do you have a favorite hangout spot in Philly? Because I've, I've been to Philly quite a few times where I've gone to like... I've been to a couple Mummers parades. Yeah. I've, I've, I've seen That's the Mummers thing. I've been on Two Street. And I've, mm-hmm. I've seen the... Seen the crazy shit that is the Mummers Parade. Were you yeah. in Philly when the Eagles won? Yeah, I I, I booked a flight when they made the playoffs. <laughs> and uh, I was like, just in case, I can cancel it. But I, I booked a flight when they made the playoffs. And uh, I ended up playing a couple shows and stuff. And then I, I got to be there when, you know, for the parade, for the for the, the night. Now, now I'm, I'm a Giants fan. I just got to say, it's about time y'all won one. Great. You know, yeah. it's about time. And I'm, and I'm glad I was... It was tough because I was like Tom Brady, this 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 dickhead, mm-hmm. or you guys, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, it, it would mean every team in our division has a Super Bowl, and I don't think any other division has that in the NFL, which is cool. What was that scene like? It was wild. I mean, I, I so I was at a party for a Super Bowl party, and a, a bunch of leftover like cookies and stuff. I just brought them with me to the parade. Like we just drove down the city and and like uh, you know like down to South Philly. And I, I just brought them, and I was just, like, giving out food. I got on the news, like, screaming, like, all kinds of things about <laughs> who knows what. Um, we, we, put, uh, we put a bunch of Jack Daniels in little medicine bottles that we had. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, I forget where we got them. Uh, but we didn't want to, like, walk around with a bottle, so we just put them all in these little medicine bottles, and we just had, like, shots of Jack Daniels, and it was fucking... That was a great time. You didn't climb any street poles or eat any I horse shit. One. You climbed the street pole. Well, just just a just like a post, not not like a pole pole, but I climbed I climbed something. They didn't oil them up. No, nah. because they. Cause I remember that. I remember like when some teams win or whatever. Oh, like after they, that, they night. oil. Yeah. somebody got. I think somebody got killed or like pretty badly hurt on one of. Those yeah, things. and there were people in like the dumpster. The dumpster yeah, pools it, were it, flying. It, 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 it wasn't the best <laughs> look. But what did you expect if you give Philadelphia Dude, a Super Bowl? I, that was my that was my thing. Um, I. Uh, that was my thing was, like, with knowing Philly, and I got to know Philly really well. Like, another big thing that the world doesn't really know about, bro, um, what the frick's it called? Um, the market in Philly. Oh, Reading Terminal. Reading Terminal, bro. Yeah, when you said hangout spot, that that was, like, lunch 
For sure. There's a place called Denick's in there. It's like the best pork sandwich ever. Yes, had. yes. And, so, all, and the Amish donuts in there, yeah. like the, the Pennsylvania Dutch people. I'm not like a big cheesesteak guy, to be honest with you. I, I like them, but it's not like the first thing I'll think about. They have like Italian roast pork sandwich, if you never had it, with the sharp provolone and the long hot. Oh, sandwich. it changes your life. That's that's a life-changing experience. Um, But yeah, there was a, when you said hangout spot, the other place um, that came to mind, it was a place called the Dawson Street Pub that, uh, you know Amos Lee? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He used to host the open mic there like years ago, like before he moved to New York to open for um, Nora Jones and that whole deal. But uh, it was cool because a lot of the people from that scene still hung out at this place called the Dawson Street Pub. And I used to play there open mic, and then I started playing like show shows there. And it was, it's literally like, it's tiny. I mean, it's as big as this hallway, you know, it's really small. Um, but it was just, it was such an important place. And like, Right before I moved here, this drummer that is from there is a drummer from a band called U.S. Rails named uh, Matt Muir. He like sat me down and gave me like a forty-five minute like, man, if I were you, this is how I would play the Nashville thing. And and it wasn't like a preachy like you got to do this and then meet this person. It was like, man, I know you and I care about you, so I'm gonna as a forty-something year old, I'm gonna like kind of hand off some knowledge and stuff. And that that place was always really special because there was people there that. There were some people there that wanted to hide because it was off the main drag of everything. There was also people there that like really wanted to be there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, that's that's something special right there that, to have a place like that and for it yeah. to come from a guy where it's not super preachy. Because you exactly. get a lot of that where there's people like, oh, you should do this, man. I know this because that. Because that. But if yeah. it's like an honest like, like he- kind of – consult like it's honest advice it it was it was one of the most important conversations i i i emailed him like or texted him emailed who am i i'm like a thousand years old. <laughs> uh, I, I texted him like a year or two later and i was like man i know you probably don't even remember this but like that that was really important to me so thank you for that um uh and i referenced that that place and just like my memory all the time like i think about that spot you know? yeah um yeah, Philly was a great place. It was it was definitely time for me to make my exit, but I'm I'm happy to be from there, I guess. Yeah. Now, have you been back at all since all the crazy shit's been going on? Yeah, we went back. Uh, I went to the beach for a minute last year. Kind of snuck to the beach for a couple days, um, but uh, not much, man. Um, it's a it's it's one of those things where this summer I have like three trips planned because I didn't get to go last year. Yeah. So, hoping, praying, you know, crossing all my fingers and toes that 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 all goes through yeah because that that was a hard thing for me too was like new york obviously my area got all decimated and shit and it's like it was just such such a weird such a weird time and like having these trips where you plan to go home but then it's like if you go home do you gotta sit in quarantine for two you gotta sit in quarantine for 10 days or being from tennessee are you even allowed to go up there like there was all kinds and, of and just stuff. feeling guilty because like I mean the guilt exactly like yeah. wanting to see your grandparents and wanting to see your parents and yeah. people that that could be higher risk. It was exactly. tough. Yeah, it, was, it, it it wasn't easy. And and um, speaking of the office and stuff, like like me and Ben wrote that the one song um, from the record called "And uh, End of the World with You," kind of in here, um, kind of about that, like how there were still good things happening. You know, like both of us, you know, we're in like really good relationships, and I'm super grateful. We moved into this like awesome house in Sylvan Park and we were like making dinner every night and drinking local beers and like just kind of living life and it was springtime but then like you you go to the back of the house everything's peaceful you go to the front of the house and it seems like the world is empty and whatever so it just it was like trying to still enjoy 2020 without like wallowing in the 
despair, yeah. but also not feel being that. a jerk about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not you know? being. Yeah, that was because people died. I mean, like it's not. Yeah, there's no debate. Like people were got really sick. Man. It was it's a like, really. It was. It was hard. It's a year that's going to be looked on in, in human history for like, a long. time. You could examine it for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? Just that year of time. Yeah, and, and kids are going to and all and all that growing up in school. And I heard you talk a little bit about a caddying gig. You you get out in the links much? <laughs> yeah, man. I uh, that was my little secret. Growing up too, like I, I, uh, I blew my shoulder out playing baseball really bad, and like I was just getting to high school, and I was too small, so I'd throw really hard, and then I would blow my shoulder out. So I started playing golf, and I was umpiring baseball games too. It was my job uh, from like twelve on, and I kept getting hit with baseballs. Like I got a bunch of foul tips to the forehead, Ooh. and kids started throwing really hard. There was one kid, Culver Hughes, who threw seventy five from only sixty foot foot or a uh, forty five foot mound. So. Like he's throwing gas in there, and people are foul tipping it. Catchers can't catch that. Yeah, I was tired of getting hit in the face. So, uh, my uncle was a member at this country club thing, and um, he had like just joined, and he's like, "I think they have a caddy program. Like, if you want me to put your name in." So, yeah, I I was fourteen, fifteen, something like that. Uh, and I, it was great because it was in the mornings. So as I went to college and went through high school and college and everything, I could still play shows at night. And I, I just had to be up really early. So if you notice, like at Revival and like in the even your uh, writers' night and stuff, like around eleven thirty, especially if it's a weekend, like I'm usually like making a quiet exit because, like even when the I Irish moved, goodbye, yeah, yeah. Like when I moved here, I was getting up at five every day and setting up the range and doing caddy stuff, yeah. every, like you know, seven days a week. So when I would play shows till you know one or two in the morning, I'm getting up two hours later or three hours later. You know what I mean? Um, but it, it's been. This is. I think this is going on my twelfth summer, caddying. Where, um, where's Where's the country club at? Um, you say no. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I can't. Uh, it's at uh, Bellmead Country Club. Okay, in Hell Nashville. Yeah. It's super yeah. close to my house. I I I love it. Um, honestly, even if music stuff does work out, I still enjoy it. Like it's not. Yeah. It It's definitely work, but it's like I don't hate it, and I feel so lucky because I have friends that. Man, that when they moved here, their side job was like cleaning bathrooms at a coffee place. Yeah, dude. Bouncing, you know, all that kind of stuff. I stand outside and watch golf and hang out with people and meet people. And yeah, yeah, I'm sure you get to meet all kinds of all kinds of different people. So I I golf too. I I golfed nice. in high school. Me too. I was I was that kid that was when my score was never good enough to like count, but I'd be the res, I'd be on like like I'd be like the extra or whatever. Love or the, that. So I just get to play all these fan, all these nice courses the that best. I could never afford to oh, go to, and you're just playing free golf on tax dollars four days yeah, a week. I know. I, I was like, a public school has a golf team. Like this is wild. Yeah. And, and, and my first year, I didn't make it, and they were like, "Well, you can be on the practice team." I was like, "What is that?" They're like, "You still get to play all the courses and go to the range every day, but you don't have to <laughs> count." I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna be a practice just, team forever." Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> But then I started every match from sophomore year on, which which was great. It was just super fun, and that like uh, again, like I don't know how it relates to like my musical life, but there's so many metaphors in golf for like songwriting and stuff. There's like like me and Nate Frederick talk about that a lot. Yeah. Um, he's a he's the best golfer I've ever played. With. Uh, yeah, I've I've heard that. I haven't been out with Nate yet, but I've, I've last heard year he that. pissed me off so bad last year. We uh, it was me and Chris Canterbury versus him and Job Fortner. Right, Job's just starting. <laughs> Chris played a lot. Chris played a good I've, amount. I, I have played with Job. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. And Chris played a long time ago. A lot, like he uh, he played in college a little bit, and he played like so. He just hadn't played in a long time. Um, and Nate, it was Nate and Job, and Nate was just like drinking and you know, smoking cigarettes and hanging out, and like with his eyes closed, basically shot sixty seven. 
and I played pretty good. I I think I shot like 74, 75, and I, I played like pretty well. And match play, like, you know, I didn't think it was going to need to give me like 10 strokes, but <laughs> uh, he had to, I mean, uh, and Job was just cackling at me. Every time Nate would make a putt, Job would just look at me and start giggling. And I was like, <laughs> you are not doing this. This is not you. Uh, oh my god, I I was so mad at him that day. Seventy five would I'd be ecstatic. I'd throw a party if I shot a seventy five. Oh, like I have. That's, I have thrown parties for that kind of stuff. Because like that's seventy five is like insanely good. And then for Nate to just get up there, exactly. And- yeah, he 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 hadn't played in like six months, and I, I I was right like during the pandemic, I got to play every day for like two weeks, um, at one point, and I like that's as good as I'm ever gonna play. I'm not I'm not like a below par golfer. I'm like a high seventies to mid eighties guy, but for him to just like not even care and beat me by that much, He's throwing him back. <laughs> yeah. Cause like I, I like I had to do something that day. So I wasn't drinking. I had to like, uh, I had to go to work or something. So I didn't want to drink. And he's just like hanging out, beating my ass. I'm just like, man, I'm never playing with you. Well, again. I'm down to go out on a golf course with Let's you anytime, man. I'd be, I'd be told totally, I bring, I, yo, dude, today was perfect, man. Mm-hmm. The weather down here has been, the pollen mm-hmm. is a pain in the ass. The allergies are like the worst. The worst the part of me is when you can't hear. Yes, you know what I mean? yes, I get that. I've been getting that oh. a lot. We were just down in Florida, and I yeah. got that a lot in Florida and stuff. But I'd be down to go out and play. And I, I bring, I bring cigars out. I'm a big Love cigar it. guy, so like cigars, yeah. bring, bring some stogies out. Bring a, bring a little. We have a bunch of cigars in here. I, I saw the cigar. I'm like, that's how yeah. I know this is Channing Props. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just yeah. got cigars. They, they're chilling. so funny because they went through like a phase with cigars where they were like all in, and I haven't seen either one of them smoke a cigar in like I don't even know how long. <laughs> it's they, they are so that's funny. funny. They they uh. They are like the odd couple. They're just like this, especially playing golf with them and stuff. Like they, they have such good like banter. They, they crack me up. Oh, I'm sure they should do a podcast. I, they've talked about it. They've talked about and it. And I'm telling you, you're pretty good on the damn mic. What, what was yes, your, man. what was your podcasting stuff you used to so, do? So I had a show called "What Are You Listening To?" Where uh, we would, it was, it was in Philly. I think I did 19 episodes total, and and. Uh, just talk to my friends who are in music, and then the last five minutes or last like ten minutes would be like, "What are you listening to? You know, what are, what something that I might not know or you might not know?" And we just talked about that. That's it, cool. I was clunky with it. I let it go like really long, you know. And I'm like, nobody wants to listen to two hours. That's of- that's where that's that's a hard thing to find the balance because I'm involved now. I mean. Probably by the end of probably by the end of the month or by the end of next month, I'll be involved in like four or five. Like we're starting it's to awesome. grow like different. And I'm not necessarily having a host. This is the one where I gotta I gotta put my big boy pants on. I gotta host and ca- and carry it and do stuff. But podcasting can be tough, and the timing yeah. thing is a big thing because you got to keep people's attention. Yeah, and editing. Like I didn't want to chop anybody's stuff, but sometimes like I, I mean. Feel free to chop any of this. Sometimes stories just aren't interesting after yeah, a while. Yeah, dude, absolutely. <laughs> you got to keep a conversation going. Yeah. You want people to feel like they're in the room with yeah. you. That's that's why Rogan's so good. Yeah. That's why I love what Nikki T does. There's a lot of the Barstool podcasts. So great. I, man, I, I wonder if, if this if this would ring true with you, too. Like, when I was growing up, like, when we had company over or whatever, you couldn't just, like, go to your room. No, like, you had to stay out there until those motherfuckers left. And like your parents would make you hang out with yeah. everyone. And you had to learn how to like talk to adults and talk to kids and t- like and I feel like that was such a thing that I never even thought about, but even now being able to hold a conversation with anyone you talk to cuz I feel like you have that 100%. Like that is such an important piece of life that I never really like took into consideration until I got older I guess yeah dude in co- and anytime the company would come over that yeah. house would have to be fucking clean so 
anything, any any bullshit that was going on got got fixed real yeah. freaking quick. And if you wanted to eat the snacks, you had to like hang out with everyone. Yeah, because I mean? yeah, because they'd buy like the Enemans or like oh, yeah. the the coffee would be out like post dinner, yeah. post post Sunday dinner coffee with That's with, a, with a pie. Or a yeah, I started drinking coffee at like ten years yeah, old. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's fucked I, up. I, I would go to middle school with a coffee cup. My teachers would be like, "What are you doing? Like, what, <laughs> like this child? What are you? You're a child." Yeah, no, for sure, man. No, that's that's freaking sick, man. And it's cool to see other other Northeast folks down here because there are yeah. a lot of freaking Georgia. <laughs> I'm in Alabama all the freaking time. Everybody that everybody that signed my check as far as music goes is from Alabama. I've never been to Alabama. It's wild? it's it's cool. I mean, there's there's it's kind of like Georgia. They're they're definitely similar. My Alabama yeah. friends will probably give me shit for saying it's like Georgia. Yeah, 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 yeah. My Georgia friends will probably give me yeah, shit yeah, for yeah. there's the, those border rivalries or whatever. But it's cool, man. And the music scene down here is just something different. You know, at least for country and like the folk stuff. I think everything is different. I mean, like. I struggled to like. Well, I, yeah, what was the hardest adjustment for you, man? Um, I I I think I just really felt like I came to the big leagues. You know, like I I was like, it was one of those things where when I was at home, I wasn't really inspired by anything that was going on. And like I said, I was in just like a bad personal spot too. But um, I I came here and I and I you know seeing Channing and and Rob and all those all those guys. Dave Kennedy played a, a listening room thing Insane. one time. So good. Insane uh, songwriter. I, I was, yeah, it was good to see him last night. Um but he uh like that 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 stuff was like n- like not only what they were saying, how they were saying it, how they meant it. Like every single word was like not just put there cuz it rhymed. Like it was put there because it's supposed to fucking be there. Um and that I don't know, I that, like adjusting to that kind of writing and and adjusting to like um like having like 25 drafts of a song, you know, yeah. and, and, and being open to other people's like collaboration and stuff and not just saying like, I'm, I'm open to that, but then just changing it when you get home, like actually taking the time to like, um, hear what people have to say as far as like writing goes and everything else and, 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 and not copy it, you know, like I was a big Jason Isbell fan, but then for like three months, I just wrote a bunch of songs that were just ripping off his shit, you know what yeah. I mean? And, and, and learning how to like know that you're doing that and know that you're coming from yeah, having that place. awareness. Yeah. That's, sure. that stuff took a long time. It took a long time. I mean, and singing wise, like enunciating your words cause you work so hard on the words. And then if you mumble them, you know, nobody hears them anyway. So exactly. Yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah. All that shit. And, and you, no one can teach you that really. You just have to, people can tell you that, but no one can teach it to you. You have to learn it yourself. Yeah. So much of this town and so much of what we all do is learning from doing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and getting kicked in the teeth a bunch of times. That's why like, no offense to anyone that does this, but if you're a TikTok celebrity and never played a show before and someone puts you in front of 500 yeah, people. Yeah. That's, that's my big thing. Happen. That's why, that's why I'm, I'm lucky. I mean, it's, it's obviously I'm, I'm working a lot with a, with a guy who's, had the TikTok stuff, but he's been playing shows for ten years. Yeah, you know, like you have to know. You have to. I think there's have, a difference between com- becoming famous on yeah. there and you know actually yeah. growing a fan base. Yeah, and I think too. a lot. A big thing is, I think no matter who it is, because you also have the have folks that just kind of get put in these spots. You have to play a show where nobody comes. I yeah. think that's an important oh, thing. So many. Of I those. think I think playing a, a shit four hour cover gig where there's maybe five people and they don't even give a fuck about you. I think is so important for just building your character and then you have to learn how to win people over. Yeah. Which is something that you did in Philly, which yeah. is something that a lot of these cats do down here. Like I feel like that's such a step in want in being successful in yeah. doing this thing. Dude, one one 
four-hour cover gig story. You said my worst gig ever. This was my <laughs> least favorite gig ever. It was I. The owner was like nice to me, but it was just it was just a bad setup. It was no stage, so I just sat in the. I was in the corner. I didn't sit. I stood in the corner of this thing. It was a four-hour cover gig, and one night. It, and you couldn't hear anything because they made me plug into their house system. It was awful. Ooh. And um, we love a shitty house system. The worst. <laughs> and uh, and it wasn't even a show. It was just like playing at yeah. a bar. And it, it started getting packed, like packed, packed, packed. There was a game on. I think like a Notre Dame game or something was on. And um, it was packed. And uh, <laughs> this guy, this guy is like in front of me, and he's like kind of bobbling and bobbling. And I'm like, oh, this is bad. Something about it, this is bad news. And he just moves a little bit quick to get out of somebody else's way hits the front of my mic stand and smashes my teeth and like my lip and my tooth like man i was bleeding i was bleeding the whole rest of the set and uh man that was the worst that was right before i moved and i was like okay what the fuck am i doing with my life like that i ended up bleeding and still not having the balls to be like i'm done (laughs) give me my check i'm over it you know what i mean like yeah uh that was the that was like one of the those moments where you're like, they can't teach you this. You know what I mean? Like this yeah. is something, <laughs> something I'm gonna remember. And it wasn't it was an accident, obviously, but just the whole setup was just like, this stinks. <laughs> yeah. So you got this uh, this record coming out, bro. Tell me tell me all about it. Yeah. What, what, what do we got? Man, I. Um, What's it called? First of all. Yeah, it's gonna be called Private Sky. It's just an EP. Um, but it's it's uh. It's my favorite songs that, and a lot of them were written in during the pandemic. We we're talking about bright sides of the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, um, I I was never a person that wrote like 150 songs a year. I, I think two years ago I wrote like 33 songs, and last year I wrote like 55. So for me, last year was like big time as far and 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 and, and, and like I don't count the ones that aren't like finished. You know what I mean? Like those are 55 like songs I could play out around right now. You know, um, so I I got through those songs and I was kind of like feeling stuck and whatever. And, uh, I give a lot of credit to, uh, my girlfriend, Aaron, she saw me kind of moping around the house after Christmas. And she's like, you know how to do this. Like you, you know what you have to do and you know that you want to make a record. So just try, like, just do it. And, and not in like a mean way and like in a very like encouraging, like, I know that you got this. And yeah. so, you know, I texted Rob Snyder, who's like the star of this interview. Um, <laughs> uh, I texted him. I said, Hey man, I want to make a record. I don't know who to produce it. Um, I have people that I love, but I, I don't know what to do. And he just immediately started a group message with Oren, uh, Thornton. <laughs> and it was like, hey, if anyone wants to make a record. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. It's like one of my favorite producers ever. And it's just like the most informal. It's just Rob uh, saying, hey, yo, it's me. Yeah. He and he's like, make I'll a record. Let, yeah, he was like, I'll let you take it from here. I'm like, take what? I just texted you five <laughs> minutes ago. So in like one day, like it all just like kind of became a, uh, be- became a thing, I guess. And, um, the, uh, I have a friend that um, just started working at, at Empire, the uh, label here in town. Um, really good friend named William, um, and he uh, he was like, "Man, wh- like, what do you want to say? Like, what do you want to do?" And and kind of helped me like figure out as a as a first release, like what what I should you know think to do. And we ended up getting like a kind of a distro thing worked out there, which has been so far really cool to kind of go through, and we'll see how the record goes. But it's gonna be it's gonna be like Every five weeks, there'll be a single coming out for like six months or so, and then they'll all live, you know, together on a 
on a Spotify. Now, did you release. write it like, uh, like as a project, like with Nate's, how it kind of like flows and like it's great, yeah. What what Joe went in and recorded back during quarantine, it all kind of flows. Like, is your stuff like kind of like tells a story? Like, there's a beginning and there's an end to it when Man, you did it. It was really just my six or my five favorite songs that I got the last year. There's there's themes that kind of carry through it. Um, but Orin was great as far as like mapping out the songs and and the production. I actually ended up recording it in Springfield, Missouri, of all places, nice. where Nate is from. Yeah, which just the irony of all that. Yeah, is so funny. And, and the guy that played piano on it, Kelly Brown, played in Nate's band at one point. No shit. Yeah. So there's all kinds of weird connections. Um, the studio was very cool. Uh, it's called, I forget the studio twenty one hundred. I think it's called. Uh, Never shout never recorded there a long time ago. Really? Remember that band? Yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. Uh, two thousand. Um, but it's a great spot, and um, we we got, like, I told him, like, all, all my reference tracks were, like, 70s rock songs, um, and, like, Rustin Kelly is a big influence yes, on me. Yes, I, so like, I was gonna ask, I mean, we didn't even get into influences, but I definitely yeah, hear that. Yeah, man, like, the Jackson Browns and all that kind of stuff, and, and the Eagles was, like, a big foundation, and then, and then uh, the new stuff, you know, like, Rustin Kelly, I love what Tyler Childers does, I don't do things similar to that, but I love what he does. Um, I love Stapleton a ton. He was kind of my introduction in this whole world. You, you I love, love you love people who tell stories through songs. Yeah, is, which like, is what it's about. Yeah, Isbell's like a huge. So I told him I wanted to make a Isbell, Jackson Brown, and Rustin Kelly mashup, and he was like, "I'm in." Uh, so that th- that was that text with Rob. Like that was that was it. So that was you taking it from there. Yeah, that was that's <laughs> all I could do. Um, and 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 recording it was so fun, dude. We we, we got to do it live. So like. He would be playing drums and I'd be playing acoustic and singing, and then we'd switch like we'd both play guitar and then he would play bass and then I would play organ and then Kelly would come in and play piano and like we, we did it all like it, it feels like a band record because we played it all at the same time and a lot of it's not to a click like it's it feels like a rock band record from you know 1978 which is what I wanted, um, and the first single Gold Rush is coming out uh, April 16th, um, I wrote that song like by myself a bunch of years ago. Uh, Gabe Lee was like, uh, we used to play this place called the Gold Rush over on Elston, and he had to play an hour of original music, which neither one of us really had at that point. And I asked him to play like a daytime gig, and he's like, "Man, I'm gonna save my singing for the Gold Rush. I gotta, I gotta sing for a whole hour." Uh, so I went home and I wrote this whole song about how like I only sing when it matters, man. <laughs> and, and it just became like really fun to play, and um, I'm excited for that one. There's a song called "You Gave Me a Reason" on there that uh, it just kind of explains there's a lot of Philly, there's a couple of Philly references but just like um like getting out of town and giving me like the kind of the the push to do that um there's a song called End of the World with you that me and Ben wrote in Yeah, I've I've heard that one. I'm yeah, a big fan. Yeah. That's that's one of my favorite songs I've ever been a part of. Um a song called All About Green that's just kind of about Nashville and amongst other things. Yep. Uh <laughs> and uh, and then it finished off with uh, with a song called Annie Howell. That's just a fun song me and Tyler Halverson wrote. Um but Harper, O'Neill, Meg McCree, Ben Chapman, Tyler Halverson, um, Gabe are all writers on it. You're, so. you're, you're class. Yeah, you're doing man. it with your friends. Like yeah. you're, you're, you're high school class almost. Like This would have been the crew that you rolled around with in high school. Man, I'm know? so much cooler now than I was in high school. I Me swear. too. <laughs> Me too, bro. Me too. I, I can't believe. Uh, yeah, if, if high school was like this, I would have never wanted to leave. You right. Know what I mean? um, thank God it wasn't. <laughs> um, no, I have, I, I, have, I have great friends from high school too. I was just... Man, like looking back, you think about how much time you spend feeling terrible in your own skin. You know what I mean? And how once you can break out of that, all how much better your all, life is. All the all the stuff you worry about that really doesn't matter. 
But in the moment, it matters so much. Oh, yeah. It destroys you. So It much. rips you up inside. I still go through that at times, you know? Dude, I got two masters back for this for the record we were talking about. Uh, and, I mean, you, there's no way. Th- the differences are so subtle. And I lost, like, 10 hours of sleep in the past week just thinking about which one to use, you know? And in, in 20 years, am I going to be... <laughs> Still grinding over that, you know what I mean? In five years, are you still going to be that's, grinding? That's what <laughs> Next I mean. year. And, I mean, you couldn't tell the difference. Like, there's there's such subtle difference. And, and, anyways, just the the anxiety of the moment, which I, I try to write a lot of things about that. Like, the anxiety of each moment is, is very interesting to me. Like, how, how things are so important and then they're so not important immediately. Yeah, yeah, dude, and that that's important. Like, people need to be talking about that shit because that, that is a real thing. I think music helps you get through that because when you get on stage and you are so scared, like the first time I played Listening Room and everyone's quiet and listening, I'm shaking. Like, I'm shaking. And I played, what, a thousand shows before that? Literally a thousand shows. And that one, my first guitar part, I, I forgot. lyric. I mean, I was a mess. But the next time I played it, I practiced, you know, different things and I, and I, and I made sure that it was better. And... You, if you can overcome those little anxieties, it helps the rest of your life in so many ways. Because things don't scare you as much. Yeah, that's you know? yeah. No, that's that's a big thing that I've definitely felt too. I mean, hell, even hosting writers rounds and having being in front of people, it's being hard. In, being in front of your peers and being in front of industry folk and all that. Yeah, that, that and, can be tough. And not drinking too. I mean, I. Well, see, I see. Of- I get lucky. I don't drink right. no more, so I'm yeah. lucky. I gotta watch the trail side sometimes. Yeah. That's my thing. I won't do that until like the last, the last round yeah. of the night. Yeah, because there are some rounds you go to. The host is just fucked up. Yeah, I've been that host once or twice, and. <laughs> What I do a lot of times is people are talking too much. I get on the microphone and I'm like, everybody needs to listen to what's on stage right now. Yeah, like, I'll do that. The kind Philly of shit. comes out, yeah. baby. Which, which I I stand by that. But you, you know, I you, I agree. You know, you have those nights where you you wake up the next morning like I can't believe I said that to that person. I can't believe I told that completely secret thing to that other person. Like, yes. I, yeah. And and you regret it in the moment, and it's just man. You can't take it back. So just learning all those things again with coming to Nashville, that's a huge adjustment. It's a, it's a. Man, how how you carry yourself, it matters, man. It's not just like, it's not just about the music. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. It, ab- absolutely, man. Now, uh, dude, this has been a freaking blast. Thanks for coming in. I, I hope I didn't blabber on too long. No, dude, that, like, I've, like I've said to people before, the best podcast guest is one that talks. Because trust me, you go back to previous episodes, we had some very quiet episodes because yeah. people didn't want to talk. They didn't so want to talk. It, it helps a lot. Where can people go to find you? You said record comes out. Uh, or the single comes out April the sixteenth. Yeah, and and then it's just going to be. I think if you, I think we're setting it up so if you pre-save the first one, then it saves, it pre-saves oh, the perfect, rest of them too. Perfect. I think that's the way I understood the meeting we had uh, last week. Um, but yeah, April sixteenth, and then like every six weeks or five, five or six weeks, um, there'll be a single out until I think September. So uh, and it'll all be packaged and um, hopefully just playing shows. My Instagram is just my name, Vinny Palizzi. Uh That's where I do most of my social stuff. Um, I'm starting a TikTok because I want to be like you know hip and young and cool, <laughs> but I cannot promise content. Bro, good you content. should you should put golf content on Man, TikTok. People have said that. Yeah, you, you should. You and Nate should put golf contact content yeah. on your TikTok. Yeah, it's all about content. Dude, I, had, I had a TikTok go like semi-viral. So I don't. Even, I'm, I'll tell you the name off the mic because all I do is post like saved Snapchats of my drunk friends doing dumb shit. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't have anything of me actually actually on there. 
We were in Florida with Ryan Nelson this past week. Well, that's a good way to find dumb shit, bro. I had, <laughs> yeah, bro. I had there's a video of Ryan Nelson cleaning out, um, cleaning out a uh, a piece that he carries with him a lot, and uh, yeah. it was it was all clogged. Got fifteen thousand views. It's just that's Ryan wild. Nelson cussing about the thing not working. Oh, I'll show awesome. I'll show it to you. It's funny, but it's amazing what blows up on that. I think golf yeah. content would crush. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. It's something to think about. You know, and our and our strategist will get back to you, and we'll, you know, my 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 team, your team. <laughs> <laughs> when I was booking shows last night, I was like, when I was booking shows a long time ago, I made like a management email. Oh fuck yeah! Which is a lot of people have done. It's not. Uh, I'm not the first one to do that. Yeah. But I'd be, I had like a booking agent named like Chris or something. Uh, you know, that you, you can do all kinds of little. Yeah. Oh yeah. Make yourself look more legit than you are. Yeah, it makes it more fun that way. You get to wear multiple yeah. hats. You know, yeah, you, could yeah. be, you could be you could be Chris, the Irish guy from exactly. South Street. You know, like. <laughs> I know that guy. <laughs> I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. Um, and then uh, tell everybody about Revival. Where can, where can they yeah, go find Revival all that info? Yeah, Revival is Tuesday nights at the Tin Roof on Demumbrian Street. Um, it, the the handle on Instagram is Revival615. Follow. I mean, honestly, I tag all the people that are playing in the poster um, every, like every week. And f- following those people usually like lets you know kind of what's going on. Yeah. Kind of, I mean, you would agree probably. Same with yeah, your guys' posters. Ab- ab- and, absolutely, bro. Yeah. Um, that's the best. That's how I kept up with stuff when I first moved here. Was who was tagged in posters? Yeah, so. it's amazing what Instagram and Twitter and all yeah. that shit can do. Now, are you cool playing a song for us, bud? Yes, definitely. Right, which one you want to play? Um, uh, I'll play. I'll play. You gave me a reason song. So we Hell we yeah! Hell yeah! Awesome, man. Well, while Vinny grabs that guitar, thank you guys as always for listening to the In the Round podcast. We. Really appreciate it. Make sure you follow Vinny and uh, check out uh, check out what he's got going on. Check out, get ready for the record coming, the EP, uh, new single coming on April the sixteenth here, and uh, he's gonna be doing some more podcasts uh, that you guys should be checking out as well. Um, as always, you can find us in the round pod on Twitter, in the round podcast on Instagram, in the round on Facebook. We're working on doing some cool YouTube videos with our boy Wales from Whale Tail Media. Uh, make sure you leave a review. Tell your friends. Tell your grandma. Tell tell your buddy at work. Tell the tell the bartender. Tell the homeless guy down there on Broadway the, to check out the In the Round podcast. Uh, you can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts, of course, and uh, leave us a five star review. It definitely helps us out a ton. Shout out to the sponsors: Whaletail Media, Grady uh, Saxman, and Saxman Studios. Love those guys. Make sure you check them out. And of course, Trailside CBD Emporium. Use promo code ITR. 20% off at checkout, and we got the writer's round going down tomorrow night. Now, without further ado, it's our boy Vinny Paolizzi taking us home. Y'all have been listening to the In the Round podcast. A storm blew through, and I thought of you, how we never got it right. All the long, hot days that I gave away after staying out on Outside of Main Street bars, I hit it hard Smoking on sidewalks and leaning on cars Take the long way home for half an hour alone I need a cigarette now just thinking about How easy it was to let you down Took poison for pain, open after the rain So
summer seemed like a hundred bad dreams that I wouldn't let go of me. I left a piece of my heart there in Fairmount Park in my innocence six feet deep. Later that night I bummed a light. A friend of mine said, man, I think it's time. Went inside and I called. I'm sorry and that's all. I need a cigarette now Just thinking about How easy it was to let you down Some poison for pain Open after the rain That'd be a brighter season Well, I needed to run And you gave me a reason There's a After all this time, a storm blew through and I thought of you and how it all got out of hand. I tell all my friends to be careful when letting lovers join them.